Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 3rd John chapter 1 and uh, meet me at verse 2, 3rd John chapter 1 and verse 2. Hallelujah, I believe too. And the word of the Lord says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So I want to continue what we've been talking about over the last several weeks. We've been talking about prosperity in your soul. And this verse comes from John, who I believe was Jesus's best friend on the earth. He is the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he is telling us, beloved or beloved, my desire, my greatest desire, my prayer, my wish is that you prosper, that you advance, that you succeed, that you thrive and that you grow and that you are in health. I mean, it's important that we are in health. Prosperity without health is not a blessing. Health with prosperity is a blessing from the Lord. He says, I want you to prosper and I want you to be in health even as or in direct correlation or direct proportion to your soul prospering. Now, this word soul is not a word we use in everyday conversation, but it is the word mind, which is your thought process, your patterns, your mentality, your philosophy, your way of thinking. It is uh, your will, which is your cravings, your desires, your appetites, those things that you want to do and accomplish and your emotions, which is your feelings. And it's important that we prosper in our soul because it's going to be in direct proportion. Our prosperity will be in direct proportion to our soul prospering. So you must also prosper in your emotions. You, you must have the emotional fortitude that is healthy so that you can begin to prosper and grow in the outside realm. If you don't prosper on the inside first, you're not going to prosper on the outside. And so you cannot, let me say this, you cannot be uh, mature and emotionally unstable. You you just can't be. You're going to have to have your emotions guarded and under control if you're going to be mature. If you're going to be immature, then you're going to act as if your emotions are controlling your life. But maturity causes us to place our emotions right where they need to be under the control of our soul, of our spirit. Our emotions are under our control. And so we're going to prosper from the inside out. I think last week I gave an example of if I had a cup and a big pitcher and I began to pour water into the cup and then I kept pouring until the water began to overflow, you have to understand that the water in the cup comes first before overflow. It's the same way with prosperity. We're going to have to prosper on the inside first and then we'll overflow and prosper on the outside. And when I say this word prosper, I am talking about financially, but I'm not just talking about finances. Uh, I'm talking about having growth and advancement and success in every area of your life, physically, mentally, socially. Uh, economically. I mean, in every area of our life, we're talking about prospering, and it's going to require that we prosper on the inside before we prosper on the outside. 
And this is so, so very important that you begin to think about what you think about, that you begin to recognize what you are allowing into your eye gate and your ear gate. You're going to have to put a guard over what you're listening to, and you're going to have to stop thinking about some things that you are thinking about. You can literally begin to plant thoughts and think about what you want to think about. You can gain access and control of your thought life and begin to put words in action and those words can create thoughts. This is why you don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. If you are having bad thoughts, then you begin to say God's word and God's word will begin to change bad thoughts. I'm preaching better than you saying amen in here today. You're going to have to utilize your vocal cords in order to cause yourself to think about what God tells you to think about. And we're going to get into some of this today. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, turn there with me real quick. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And this is what we talked about last week, but I'm just doing a little recap here before we get into today's assignment. Joshua tells us, or the Lord tells Joshua here, this book of the law or the word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Watch what will happen. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So if God did not want us to prosper, and if he did not want us to have good success, he would have never told Joshua how to prosper and how to have good success. And last week we talked about the three keys to prosperity. Number one, don't let the word depart from your mouth. That just simply says, say what God says. We are going to say what he says. Number two, meditate the word day and night. That simply means guard your heart. Make sure that you are thinking about what God is telling you to think about. When times are tough and the enemy is bombarding your thought life and there's an all-out attack on how you think, you're going to have to then begin to meditate God's word day and night. How do I do that, Pastor? One way you can do that is by going to sleep and playing my sermons while you sleep. Playing the word of God while you're sleeping. You know your spirit man is still awake? You know your soul is still awake? It's your body that needs to rest. Now, we all need to rest, spirit, soul, and body, and I don't want to get into all that. But for the most part, your body needs to rest. Your soul and your spirit can still hear and comprehend. And so I'll play at times. I'll play uh, sermons. I'll play verses and scripture because I want my heart to meditate the word day and night. And then you're going to have to do what the word tells you to do. Faith without works is dead. And I want to talk today because he says you're going to make your way prosperous and have good success. I want to talk today about success. Somebody shout success. success. Say it one more time. Success. success. Now I have an example that I want to share with you and I want you to think about this. I don't want you to answer. I just want you to consider this example. Person A. Somebody say person A. person A. Okay, you're with me. Person A works for a regional bank as a vice president, drives a BMW, makes $275,000 a year, and lives in a four-bedroom home. Somebody shout person B. person B. Person B works at a local fast food restaurant 
as a shift manager, drives a used compact car, has a $35,000 a year salary, and lives in a one-bedroom apartment. So we have person A, we're going to contrast with person B. Now don't answer this, but think about it within yourself. Which person, according to you, is more successful? Don't shout it out, just you, you work that out between yourself. Which person to you is more successful? Okay, you got your answer? All right. What if I had the following information before you made your decision? And now I'm going to share some information that I did not give you initially. Person A, somebody say person A, person a. was previously the CEO of a large Wall Street investment banking firm, had a collection of exotic cars, an annual salary of $11 million, and lived in a 10-bedroom estate. Somebody shout person B. Person B. Person B was previously unemployed, homeless, relied on public transportation, and collected government assistance. Does this added information change the way you view your definition of success? Success is progress. Success is a process. Success is incremental, and it's step by step. And if we look at person A, the world would tell us person A is successful. You look on social media, and social media will tell us person A is successful. And you look at person B, and you say, man, person B is struggling. Look how, look how they're struggling, man. If they just did this, that, and the third, they'll be more successful. But what we don't always know is the background. And when I look at person B, I look at a man that got himself off of public transportation and got him a car. I look at a man that made progress and was homeless, but now he has a, an apartment. This is progress, and success includes progress and your progress can be incremental your progress can be step by step and i want to show you a biblical definition of the word success let's look at genesis 39 and we're going to look at a couple of verses found in genesis 39 first we're going to start at verse 2 verse 3 verse 21 and then verse 23 but let's look at verse 2 and it says the lord was with joseph and he was a successful man. Stop right there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Let's look at verse 3. Jump to verse 3 with me. Genesis 39, verse 3. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper. So we find out he's, the Lord was with him, and he was a successful man, the master noticed the Lord was with him, and he made all he did to prosper. The master noticed that God made everything Joseph did prosper. Let's look at verse 21. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph, we see that again, and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So the Lord was with Joseph and gave him favor. And let's look at verse 23. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Somebody shout prosper. prosper. Now, if we look at the life of Joseph, 
Why was he successful? Let me hear you. The Lord was with him. You are successful because the Lord is with you. He says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so therefore you are successful because the Lord is with you. And if the Lord is with you, then you are going to make progress. And that progress is normally with God step by step, incremental, small steps at a time. You're going to make progress because the Lord is with you. I sent a text out to some guys that I know that the world would consider to be prosperous. And I sent them a text. I said, for things that happened to you and for you, did it take a long period of time or did it happen quickly? And each one of them said, man, every good thing that happened for me took some time. Nothing good for me really happened quickly. It took some time. But in today's society, we got to have it now. I got to have that money now. I got to have that healing now. I got to have this and that now. All of everything that I want has to happen now. The microwave is too slow. My goodness, I put it on two minutes and that popcorn is still popping, popping because I got to have it now. And we're in a society that everything works now. But how many of you know that food coming from a crock pot tastes better than food coming from a microwave? Who knows what I'm talking about in here? When Stacy pull out that crock pot, I already know. It's going to be on there all day. But when it's done, I said when it's done, everything going to be all right. Glory to God. Now, when she started popping stuff up and putting it in the microwave, I don't know if I want it. I don't want it from the microwave. But when that crock pot pull gets pulled out, I know that that roast is going to be tender. And I'm going to have my knife and I'm going to just cut that roast and it's going to fall off the bone. Glory to God. And I'm going to throw it into my mouth. Hallelujah. Now, what about the roast in the microwave? How that roast going to be in that microwave? I don't know. See, we understand that good tasting food takes some time, but when it comes to our lives, we got to have it now. And the world's taught us that we have to have it now or you're not successful and you're not prosperous. Somebody say this after me. I am successful because the Lord is with me. Now watch this. This verse won't be on the screen, but watch this. Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? For God was with him. He was successful because God was with him. Now footnote, if your actions impact others in a positive way, you should consider yourself successful. Let me say it again. If your actions impact others in a positive way, you should consider yourself successful. God is with you and God is using you as his body in the earth to impact humanity. He did it with Jesus. They were, they were, they were sick. They were demon possessed. They needed healing. God was with Jesus and healing took place. When the Lord is with you and you're impacting humanity in a positive way, I submit to you that you are successful. 
And we need to stop looking at success from the world's point of view. Well, you got to have this amount of money and you got to have this uh, amount of material and you got to have this size house and you got to have this many kids and you got to have you got to have a dog. Right. And you got to have all of these things that, that consider successful. And I'm telling you, that's not what the Lord views as success. God views success. I am with you and everything's going to be all right. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And if you stick with me, process by process, progress by progress, we are going to get better. We are going to make a way out of no way. And we're going to do this together. Matter of fact, I need to say something. I don't have it in my notes, but I need to say something. The Lord's been getting on me about this because I used to say this all the time. None of me, God, and all of you. And God's correcting me. He says, no, I want to do this with you. I don't, want to, I, I don't want to do it without you. It's not none of me and all of you. Now, I must decrease so that he can increase, but he's not going to do it without you and I. He wants to work with us. This is how it's been designed for him to work with us to get things accomplished in the earth. Somebody shout, I am successful. Because the Lord is with me. I've told this story before and I'll tell it again because somebody hadn't heard it. I was a single man living in a one bedroom apartment. I was tithing. I loved the Lord and I felt like it was hard to pay my bills. I went to a friend's house who had a five bedroom house, drove an Escalade, big screen TV. He had it going. He was a single guy too. He had it going well and he didn't love the Lord at all. And I, he would invite me over to come watch football. And I love watching football at his house because he had the largest TV I had seen at the time. And I would go to his house and watch football. And I'm like, Lord, he looks so successful. I'm over here driving a little CRX. Remember that little Honda CRX, the little 2 dollars That's what I had. Little CRX. And, and I'm barely getting around. And he's got this Escalade. And look at this house. And I got this little apartment. I don't even got no kitchen table. And I'm tithing. And I'm giving. And Lord, my gosh, why can I be where he is until one night after a football game, I went to his house. And the game was over. And he started crying. I said, what? This grown man over here crying. What you crying for? <laughs> I don't own none of this. I rented all of this. The TV is a rent a center TV and, and I don't own this house. I rent the house and the Escalade is, is not even mine. I'm leasing it and I don't own nothing and I got bills coming in and I can't pay the bills. And I'm sitting here jealous of this man. Jealous of this man because he has stuff. And he over there looking at me like, where, where, where are your bills? I ain't got no bills. My car paid for, I'm uncomfortable, you know, all, I, ain't got, I ain't got them kind of bills. I ain't got no rent center stuff going on. Everything, I, I, I got all that, right? It's all paid for. And he looking at me like, I wish I was in your situation, your things paid for. I don't even care about this Escalade. But he, he's trying to be successful. And then we, we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Oh, well. You know, if they got a new dress, I need to get my daughter a new dress. You know, if if she got a listen, they just bought a new car. Well, shoot, I need to get me a new car. No, you're successful with or without a car. Did you hear what I said? I said you're successful with or without a car. Can you receive that? 
well, I, I don't know, Pastor. I mean, I don't feel successful because I'm living in an apartment. Let, listen to the words coming out my mouth. You are successful because you actually live in an apartment. Do you know most of the world is living off of one to two dollars per day? And you complain about living in an apartment? Well, my cars are all beat up. You might need to consider upgrading the car, but if you're not there yet, you're successful because the Lord is with you. Somebody saying, I am successful because the Lord is with me. Now, you have to intentionally set your mind to think in terms of, of victory and success. This is, this is part of prospering in your soul. You're going to have to, uh, you, you're going to have to intentionally set your mind to think in terms of victory and success. Something comes in, uh, unexpected bill. We've had some unexpected bills come in. Unexpected bill comes in like, oh my gosh, where did that come from? My goodness, I didn't think it would be that much. Oh, we're going to run out of money. Oh, we're not going to have Christmas. Oh, we're not going to be able to have Thanksgiving. Oh, no, 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 no. That's where your mind wants to go. But I'm teaching my mind, God is going to pay for this bill. Some way or another, God is going to take, because it was was unexpected, and I'm successful because the Lord's with me, and he can get anything to me from anyone, anywhere, at any time. And if he can do that, then he can take care of unexpected bills. I'm not successful because I have money in the bank. I'm successful because the Lord is with me. Woo, I'm preaching good this morning. I'm trying to change your paradigm. And so we're going to have to start thinking intentionally about the Lord is with me. Oh, the doctor said this going on. Listen, that may be a fact what the doctor said, but the Lord is with me. And I'm going to start thinking that I'm going to be healed. Matter of fact, I am healed right now because the Lord is with me. And I know the doctor says I may have to do this, that, and the third. And I'm going to listen to the doctor if my spirit feels like he's telling me a fact. But the Lord is with me. And because the Lord is with me, this thing is going to be behind me because the Lord is with me. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. You're going to have to intentionally set your mind to think in terms of victory and success. You're going to have to remind yourself that the Lord is with you. Matter of fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, I love what Paul says here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He's going to tell us what to think about. He says, finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things of a good report. So we're to think about good reports. It says here, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy or worthy of praise, meditate on these things. Now watch this. I like it again. He says, whatever things, brethren, whatever things are true. Notice he didn't say whatever things are a fact. Well, the fact may be that your grandson is not serving the Lord anymore. That may be a fact. He's turned his back on serving the Lord. That may be a fact. But what's true is we trained him up in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he's not going to depart. We're to meditate on what's true. It may be a fact 
bank accounts low. It may be a fact that they land people off. It may be a fact that you got some issues with your partner in business or your coworker, even your man. That may be a fact, but what's true is God's going to work all things together for his good according to his good pleasure and purpose. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So we ought to meditate on things that are true, not lies, things that are noble and just, things that are pure and not unholy, things that are lovely and not hateful, things that are of a good report. I've stopped meditating on bad reports. I have stopped doing it because bad reports just get me down. I get down right along with the bad report. Now, I have to see the bad report. Someone was communicating with me, may tell me a bad report. I can't say, oh, no, 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 don't, don't tell me that. No, I got, I got to hear it. But I don't have to keep thinking about it. I can begin to think about a good report. Somebody shout, good report. So we're going to have to constantly think in terms of victory and success. Say this after me. I will constantly think in terms of victory and success. Now, what's successful to you may not be successful to me. Listen to me now. What's successful to you may not be successful to me. And this is why we cannot compare our successes. Do not compare, but celebrate successes. What's successful to you may not be successful to me. And you're going to have to learn to celebrate someone else's success. Uh, I want you guys to get overly joyed and excited when you hear about success of someone that you know. Get extremely excited. I mean, do a cartwheel if you need to. Get excited by because you are not competing with them. You are not in competition with them. You are not playing against them. You are, you, their path and your path are two entirely different paths. I have certain friends who do very, very well, and one friend called and told me he paid off his house. Now, he's my age. I'm still a ways from paying off my house. I could have been like, well, gosh, God, why you pay off his house? I mean, what about my house? I mean, what about me? My goodness. I mean, it just seems like you do stuff for him all the time, and you do nothing. No, I, I celebrated. I shouted. I got excited for him. I got enthusiastic for him. And he even said, bro, you're more excited about this than I am. I said, man, because one day it's going to be me. I'm going to be next. And God's going to do that for me. I've I've had friends tell me some big things. uh, I mean, large things that God has done for them. And I'm like, hallelujah. I am so excited about that. And they're like, wow, you're really excited about that. Because I'm not competing against you. Therefore, I don't have to be jealous of you. And and the root of envy and jealousy is comparison. When we begin to compare ourselves, then we begin to be jealous of each other. But if we can celebrate our successes, then we can understand that we're successful too. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 I love this. Paul says, for we do not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, listen to this, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. They're not wise when you begin to compare yourself and measure yourself among yourself. So 
success is not a competition. Uh, Success is not a competition with another person, but a competition against yourself. Are you better today than you were yesterday? This is how we grade success. Am I better today than I was six months ago? So I don't need to compare me myself to someone else. I just need to compare myself to yesteryear. Am I handling this better today than I would have yesterday? If I am, then I am successful because success is progress. And sometimes we can't, it's hard to measure it because it happens sometimes very slowly. We've been in our house, we've been talking about this because Zaven is now a little taller than Stacy. Now, we didn't wake up one morning and say, oh my gosh, um, he just shot up so fast. And no, it happened incrementally. And one day we measured them and we noticed that he has been successfully growing. <laughs> he, he's, he's growing. There's been success happening all of his 11 years, and if we would have measured it, if we'd have put him on the wall and every year kind of measured the growth, we would have seen it a lot clearer, right? That's kind of, if you look at your life, you, you have grown progressively just in smaller increments. You have been successful. I know you don't feel it. I know when you compare yourself to, to, to you know, Sam and, and Jerry, well, not, not Jerry Gathers, Jerry's a great man, but... but <laughs> Jerry Roberts, whoever that is, when you compare yourself to, you know, Sam and, and John and, and Mike and all these other folks, you don't feel successful. But if you look at your own progress, you've actually been successful. And the purpose is the Lord is with you. And you've been successful. So stop comparing yourself among yourself because that is not wise. Success is not determined by what your neighbor has because you didn't start at the same place they did. I I need for you to really get this point. Success is not determined by what your neighbor has because you didn't start at the same place they did. Matter of fact, Matthew 25, 15. I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. Matthew 25, 15. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to a third a bag of 1,000 gold coins. Watch this. Each according to his ability to manage. So each of them started with something different. So how can I compare myself to someone that started with 5,000 bag of coins if I started with 1,000? How can I do that? How can I compare myself who got a head start many, 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 many years ago? When we first started, we had just started the church. And we were, we were I mean, we didn't have no equipment. We, we just had... Uh, we didn't have a microphone. We just kind of had me. And, and we did record that first message, by the way. Somehow, some way, we got that message recorded. You should hear that very first message I preached. Maybe you shouldn't. 
But we started with nothing. And we wanted to go visit uh, another church. We had just got going and said, you know, let's go visit this other church. And I went to visit the church and they had everything. You name it. They got it. And I get home from that church and I thought, we are closing down our church. That's what I thought. Full disclosure, we're closing it down. They got everything. What are we doing? We have nothing. They have everything. And I told Stacy, I said, I know the Lord's called us, but I think he may have called us away already. I don't think, I think, I think we got called for about three weeks and he's no longer calling us to do this anymore. And y'all laughing, but some of y'all do the exact same thing. God, the Lord called me, and two weeks later, you're doing something totally different. And I said, you know, I think the Lord. She said, no, 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 we're supposed to, we're supposed to keep going. I said, no, we, we don't have nothing. They have everything. We might need to just go help them. And she said, no, I, I believe the Lord's called us to, to do this. And I said, I said, no, I don't know, babe. And I couldn't sleep that night because I just, I just, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, here's what we're doing. I'm envious and jealous of what they're doing, and I'm belittling the seed that God was doing in our life. Never despise small beginnings. Everything starts with a seed. Even you started with a seed. Never despise small beginnings. And here I am despising the small beginning. And it wasn't until, and I have a great wife, my wife called one of my good friends, and I didn't know she did that. He called me. I'm like, he called me. I said, what did y'all do tonight? I said, man, we went to this church, and man, they got everything. I just told him. And uh, what are we doing? And he, he ministered to me. He just encouraged me like, man, you, you know, that happens to me sometimes, but you got to keep this, that, and the third, and encourage me. I didn't know that until years later that Stacy had called him. And so I didn't know. She never told me. And I was like, oh, you did? He really encouraged me that night. Get you a good man or woman of God. And so I digress. It wasn't until years later that I realized that I was operating in in jealousy. I was jealous of what God was doing for them and what he wasn't doing for me. And so here I am comparing and now I'm calling God unjust. You're an unjust God to do that for him and not do it for us. And I had to learn this principle that I just read to you. They started in a different place than I started. Ta-da! Everybody starts at a different place. Some people start with a business handed to them, and some start a business from the ground up. Shouldn't the person that started ahead be a little further ahead in your way of thinking than the one that started with nothing? But here's the cool thing about this passage, and I want to preach on it today. I may do it later. The one that got five and the one that got two, they both doubled and they got the exact same reward. So when God said, well done, to the one that doubled from five to ten, he also told the one that went from two to, from two to four, well done. Same thing. Same reward. It was less. It was less. Ten thousand, four thousand, there's less. But the exact same reward in the eyes of God. 
The one that had one did nothing with it and he got rebuked. What are you doing with what God has given you? Start small. And if you look at this passage of scripture, God gave, well, the man gave one 5,000, one 2,000, one 1,000, and it says each according to his ability to manage. So he was serving their ability. Some people may have more in your eyes because they may have more ability. But it doesn't mean that they're more successful. Are you getting what I'm saying today? They may, they may be entrusted with more, but it doesn't mean in God's eyes they're more successful. That's the world. In God's eyes, you're going to get the same reward if you handle what you got the best way you know how to be faithful with what you have. And my next point is faithfulness is critical to success. Faithfulness is critical to success. Let's look at Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation again. It says, the one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you are faithful with the little, God will begin to trust you with more. And your progress is graded by God, not by, not by Pookie and Ray Ray. Your progress is graded by God and he will trust you with more. Now listen to this. Your biggest challenge is not overcoming failure, but properly managing success. Let me say it again. Your biggest challenge is not overcoming failure, but properly managing success. So be careful. Success can lead to pride. It is harder to serve Christ in times of success than in times of failure. Now listen to me. It is harder to serve Christ when things are going well than it is when things are not going well. It is harder to manage success than it is to manage failure. And so you're successful because the Lord is with you. And then as you are faithful and God begins to increase your influence and your stewardship and you begin to see more and more come in at that moment, you have to you have to find out, am I still serving God or am I serving myself? You have to ask yourself the question, and here's how you determine the answer. If God tells you to give it away, could you walk away from it? And if you couldn't, you're serving yourself. And if you could, and you can't just say, well, I could. No, uh, show me that you can. <laughs> how? Release something out of your hand. When things, when things are going well, and you're in a season of success, it is harder to serve Christ. Matter of fact, God told the children of Israel this, found in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 17. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 through 17. He's telling Israel, as they're leaving Egypt, going into the promised land, he says, beware, somebody shall beware, that you do not forget, because it's easy, the Lord your God, by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today, lest 
when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful homes and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is, somebody shout, multiply. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You forget that he led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land were there with no water. Who brought water from you out of the flinty rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know. That he might humble you and that you might test you to do you good in the end, then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. God is telling them and he's telling us, this is the time to be careful and be aware when things are going good. Be careful, be aware when you, when you, when you reach your goal. Be, be careful, be aware when you accomplish those things that God has placed in your heart. This is the time to be aware. This is the time that you have to remain the same. This is interesting. And I submit to you, and I might talk a little bit about, about this in one of our midweek booths, but I submit to you that some people haven't received or achieved their goals or haven't progressed as fast or as far as they would have liked is because they could not manage it. And God is just being merciful by not letting you get it because he knows that you'll fall flat on your face. You'll, you'll curse God and die. And you might even say, by my power and by my hand, I have gained all of this. That's when you be careful. Be aware. Now, I have three questions for you, and I'm going to wrap it up. Three questions for you, and I'm going to wrap it up. Matt, you can come. Question number one. What's your definition of success as defined by you, completely removed from what someone else may have? Now, write this down. What's your definition of success as defined by you, completely removed from what someone else may have? It's going to cause you to think here. You're going to have to determine your definition of success, and it cannot be compared to what someone else may have. Question number two, what are the most important things in your life? And how do you think you are faring in these areas? What are the most important things in your life? And how do you think you are faring in these areas? What are the most important things in your life? And how do you think you are faring in these areas? This is a very good question to, to contemplate and think about. Number three, last and certainly not least. What can you do to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be? What can you do to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be? Question number one, what's your definition of success as defined by you, completely removed from someone else may have? Number two, what are the most important things in your life and how do you think you are faring in these areas? 
And number three, what can you do to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be? This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.